0: Hi, I'm Karen. You switched it up on me, so now I'm going to have to say the Crash Test Mummies. (laughs) I did. Right, you go first.
1: Hi, I'm Alexi. And I'm Karen. And this is the Crash Test Mummies Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome back to the Crash Test Mummies podcast. This is episode seven and today Lexi is taking the night off and I am joined by a very special guest, a wonderful friend of mine, Miss Emma O'Leary. Woohoo!
0: I'm here. Hi Emma. How are you?
1: I'm good. It may feel like we've just started the conversation, but we have been talking for a good 20 minutes, haven't oh, we?
0: that would not be like us. I'm very shy. Don't really like to have a chat now myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I described us today as the loudmouths of the group. Yeah, for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram, Emma is Life with Tiny Humans, and we are both Johnson's ambassadors, and that's how we know each other. That's how we met. And we tend to be quite opinionated and noisy. Generally speak up when no one else wants to. We feel the silence Karen, we feel the silence. That is both a blessing and a curse.
0: We are always the chatty Cathy's of the group but that's not a bad
1: thing. No, I don't think so. I feel like I found a kindred spirit in you.
0: Oh I tell you, spirit animal.
1: I know. Anyway, uh, tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Well, uh my name is emma o'leary as you mentioned uh i have an instagram account like with tiny humans which basically chronicles my dealing and surviving with three boys four and under uh because i thought that would be a great idea way back when in 2015 um so yeah i am also a speech and language therapist a pediatric speech and language therapist and i quite recently <laughs> quit my job of 10 years um and decided that I was going to go it alone uh, and I am in the process at the moment of setting up my own private practice um, around speech and language therapy and I am just looking facing into my last work working week Um, so I have three days left in work and then I'm finished so I have this big new exciting adventure happening uh, but my whole Instagram account kind of spurred this on because I suppose I do a lot of a lot of chit chat around speech and language and supporting learning and through play and that kind of thing and that's how I got into it and I'm really passionate about that um and obviously in between all of the time I've been in my job I've been in on maternity leave uh it's kind of like my second job having babies <laughs> just being on maternity leave uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so I suppose I just need a little bit of work-life balance and I was finding that a bit tricky and I think this is yeah, the right move for me it's a bit terrifying, um. Well, I'm convinced. Sorry, my mom is convinced it'll be fine, and whatever my mom says goes. So you know, be <laughs> <laughs> it'll be grand.
1: It'll be grand. I'm excited for you. I think it's um, it's exciting, and I mean, you are very good at what you do. Even although well, I, I don't bomb. know personally, but <laughs> I can see <laughs> that um, you are the bomb. Although I do like um, this is the this is a perfect example of how crazy <laughs> Emma is. She FaceTime me the other day and when I answered (laughs) I was met with a full tiger face painted Emma and that was special that made my day
0: and where was I Karen where was I
1: (laughs) uh you were at work and you told me that none of the kids that you'd seen that day had even reacted to you being dressed like
0: not even better than (laughs) I did they were just like hey Emma (laughs) as if that was a normal thing Uh Yeah, and you know what's worse? Like, my colleagues were, I mean, one or two people. I'd done it, to be honest, because I woke up in the morning and I was doing face paint and stuff, and my now three-year-old was like... uh, You'll be the you'll be the mommy tiger, and I was like, oh. And when my three, when Ali says you're gonna be the mommy tiger, you're gonna be the mommy tiger if he tells you. So I was like, oh we'll go with it. And it was Halloween. yeah, yeah, okay. But so yeah, full full commitment to the job. I was like, the kids will love it; it'll be cool. I did walk through Dublin city centre with a full face of face paint in the inner city at seven thirty a.m. You know, as you do.
1: Yeah, and you have three boys under four. That is. Mm-hmm. Incredible.
0: That was the <laughs> Incredibly insane.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's great. I mean, I think you've got like you're hitting the three marks there. You've got three, then boys, then under yeah. four. Those are like three big hitters, feel, aren't yeah. they? Yeah,
0: and I feel like you relate to me with the three boys. It's so funny because we were at a Johnson's meetup the other day and Ben was there and you were there and I was there. and We all have three boys. <laughs> Somebody was like, if you guys went on a coffee date, that would be nine kids. And I was like, yeah, let's never do that. Let's, let's not do that. that would not Can be you strong. imagine the carnage? No, it would be, it no. be awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, yeah. Okay,
1: let's, uh, let's move to um, talking a bit about you and why you are on. I thought that you'd be a great guest to have because... Both of what you do for work, but also what you do at home. So let's start with the work stuff. Yep. You said you're a speech and language therapist in paediatrics, yeah? Tell me a little bit, because I don't know anything Mm -hmm. about it. So you tell me what you do.
0: So, uh, well, for the last 10 years or so, almost 10 years, I have been working in uh, primary care, which is like community care. So working with kids from zero up to 18 with a range of kind of communication difficulties so things from uh like language difficulties uh, speech difficulties with pronunciation so understanding language like being able to use language put language together Um, kids who come here maybe a little bit slow to talk uh stammering or stuttering um voice difficulties oh, yeah. uh yeah there's there's a huge amount in it. There's, it's you know, it's funny when you go to work, you can actually, it feels like you're doing a million different jobs depending on the day. It's very varied. Yeah,
1: because that that's a huge um sort of scope. Zero to 18 is massive. Like 18. Like when
0: you're qualified, when you come out and you're qualified, I'm actually qualified to work with adults. Like I don't, but you, you can work in both. And that is a right. completely different job. Yeah. Yeah, so. I can imagine. But zero to 18 is a massive age. Like, you know, you're literally, I've worked in clinics and things where, I was doing developmental clinics alongside public health nurses um, who were like seeing, let's say, babies from like three months. So oh, wow. that up until like, you know, people presenting with stammers or difficulties with language up to kind of 16, 17, 18. So it is a very, very wide age range, but that's kind of what makes it interesting because yeah. it's always so different. Now, you do tend to have, obviously, majority of people or the majority of clients or kids that are coming to you are kind of within a certain age range and then you know, mm. the others are kind of the exception. We don't see very many um older children just on my service. That's not to say sorry they don't attend speech and language, they do, but just in my service, I don't see a huge amount of them. Um, and yeah. so yeah. It is a great so job. So
1: what is the sort of age range? I think that as parents you want to hit the milestones um kind of at the age that pe- that you're expected to yes. but that isn't always the case as we know that all children are different but what is sort of the normal age bracket that you expect children to start communicating verbally
0: how long is a piece of string uh so <laughs> no this is my yeah it's funny because you asked this question it's obviously what most parents come and they arrive to my clinic and you have personal experience of this as do i funnily enough because my eldest sleep was quite language delayed which like frankly was a bit uh bad for business no not really but you know what Yeah, but it was a really good experience for this to happen for me because I'd obviously been reassuring parents for years and years going, oh, like all of these say that everything is going to be fine and it's going to be, you know, he's doing this, that and the other and that's really positive and, you know, just try not to worry. (laughs) And then I realized, you know, when I, when the shoe was on my foot, I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's great. (laughs) Just tell me, don't worry, because that makes me feel so much better. (laughs) But you know what? The lived experience of these things always gives you a better grasp and a better way to reassure parents that i suppose is more meaningful so you're asking me yes about communication and when you expect to see what so generally children tend to present to a clinic around the two two and a half year mark that's kind of when they get to me because in terms of verbally like what you be expecting um, you know like around 12 months to 18 months you kind of see children maybe are starting to attempt words and they're using words um, they might not now when i say using words you have to be very careful about this because it may not be what we would perceive the word to be so it may not sound the same obviously they're not pronouncing it the same so for example they might be saying i for light but if they're consistently pointing and going i i you know that they're speaking about the light that's considered a word even if it's not correctly pre- pronounced if that makes sense and i always i stress about that because i always say it's far more important like to focus on what your child is saying as opposed to how they're saying it um so we're not concerned about pronunciation when they're very little we're more concerned that they're actually attempting words so things like granddad might be wawa but if it's consistently wawa all the time and that we know they're using the word wawa for granddad then sorry granddad you're now wawa You know, for, <laughs> for the <laughs> yeah. foreseeable and maybe forever <laughs> so um uh, yeah so then I suppose um as they get a little bit older yeah we tend to see them at the clinic um when they come and they're about two because generally that's when people are concerned that they're not putting words together or that they're not using you're kind of around the 50 50 word yeah. Mark yeah 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 um so yeah that they're not putting words together at two so that's when people tend to present to the clinic or they're worried, um. And it really depends because the other thing that you can't see is understanding of res- like what we call receptive language. So um, we would be hoping, you know, that children could follow like simple commands and um requests and things like that. But a lot of the time, that's very hard to measure, like particularly as a parent. And, and that's why it's really important about like linking in with an SLT, speech and language therapist. um. So that you can kind of have that bit assessed, or somebody kind of give you a bit of insight into how much your child is actually understanding, yeah, so there's two sides to it. you can't see that. you can see if they're not using language, but you can't actually see as clearly how much they're understanding um and they go together because obviously we have to understand things in order to be able to yeah,
1: that's really interesting, actually, because mm. um we find that with winter that you know he may not be able to say what he wants but he is able to understand what we say which which is really important to be able to to gauge as well he's not staring blankly at us and he can understand a lot if not most of what we say he just can't yeah he just can't vocalize
0: express it it. yeah and that's that's what i would like talk about quite a bit with parents because for example similar like to what you're saying there luke would have understood absolutely everything um Mm -hmm. And had a really fantastic understanding of what we'd be talking about in conversation. And he would very much get his message across. It just wouldn't be in a verbal way. But I would have kids that would present to the clinic. And, you know, parents might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they understand absolutely everything. But actually, when you break that down and you say, okay, let's just have a little think about that. So you'll say, a parent might say, oh, I say, you know, go over to the uh, fridge and take out the juice and put it on the table. But kids are very clever. So, you know, a child would be like, OK, well, they're mm. looking at the fridge and we always get used out of the fridge and it's breakfast time. So they put together what we call contextual cues where they're like context uh-huh. what always happens here. What's the routine? They're not actually understanding language. They're understanding the situation or the routine. So it, does that make sense? That's a very familiar thing. So they, Yeah,
1: that totally makes sense. Yeah, because uh, totally. body language is such a huge aspect because me as a language teacher, I often when I'm teaching the kids, vocabulary i will use gestures and body language and clues physical clues that will prompt them to work out what i'm saying so it's exactly the same thing and interesting you say about sort of prepositions like on the table or underneath like i think winter probably struggles with that quite a lot now so when when we went with him to the speech and language therapist um Mm. he was very good at picking out words like from a puzzle, can you get the tree and the pig and he would put them in the bag. But if he was asked to put the pig under the table, not so much. So they're like more complex, aren't they? So like, no,
0: but they're complex and they're concepts. So they're concepts um, that are, basically what makeup directions so they're a huge part of understanding you know all those little things like you know in between beside you know first next last and those things Mm. are obviously really important then like in an educational context when they go to school or preschool because you know they're they're being asked to follow little directions and do things and that's when sometimes we see the kind of the breakdown and that's what i'm saying that piece is very much that can be a bit of an eye opener, I suppose, for parents when they come because they're very much focused and concerned about the expressive piece and then they're not hearing words or they're not hearing words being put together. And I suppose it's actually the understanding mm-hmm. piece that's going on in the background that that they can't even see. Um so Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's um what you said about uh it not uh being a problem with the pronunciation is yes. more the action and the, the attempt to construct the language that's important. And we didn't think that. We were very concerned about Winter's pronunciation.
0: And everybody is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sort of feel yeah. like
1: that is speaking. Yes. But, you know, I mean, Winter will speak now and no one but me will know what he's saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Like he says, vafwe is that way. Yeah,
0: and, and that is. I mean, there it does come a point, yeah. obviously, for pronunciation, sorry. It, it is important I'm not saying I'm saying it like much younger kids no. when they initially present like what I'd said about the way we say it is mm. you know how we the way or being able to say it or having the words to say it is more important than how we say it sorry I said that a bit our yeah um, but um <laughs> I got yeah, you I, I feel you but um I suppose <laughs> when there does come a point then where like around the three-year mark we start to look at and assess um pronunciation or speech sound processes and what's happening and sometimes kids can present with like phonological disorders and that does have a big impact on their ability to communicate and we do work on that and it is really important but just in those very early stages yeah usually we're looking more at language um but I have had kids that mm-hmm. have come in and had had like only vowels like no consonants like that's obviously a problem <laughs> and who are under three and I've worked on them yeah. They have And a little boy that I was working with that had something called an inconsistent phonological disorder and sounds delightful but basically when he would make errors or mistakes in his speech they were different every time so there was no pattern and generally you know as a speech and language therapist when we're working on things we're kind of looking at patterns and we work on sounds and then there's a knock-on effect and we're working through systems but he just nope every time he made an error it would be different and those kids are really complex but fascinating to work on because it's amazing the different approaches you can take, you can actually make massive difference. And like, you know, you have to do quite intensive therapy. But if you've really um, focused parents who are really into it, it's insane. He went from having vowels to actually being able to put words together and express himself within the period of kind of six, seven months. And it was probably one of the most exciting <laughs> like blocks of therapy I've yeah, ever rewarding. done that's oh, just amazing yeah you know, and that whole parental commitment piece is huge it's a really big part of kind of the outcomes of therapy it's amazing when you have on par- board parents who are really focused and who really want to make a change yeah. the impact that can have that's not always a possibility and in you know I work in a in a a clinic at the moment that you know that's not always a possibility there's much bigger things going on for some people and speech language therapy is uh, a way down the list of priorities understandably in context of their lives so yeah it's different it's like a different job again
1: yeah you were saying about luke yeah. is that my accent luke how do you just, say luke? Just
0: luke luke no just luke <laughs> luke i'm <laughs> just making a piss <laughs> on you sorry luke luke
1: the kids at school, when they they would make fun of me if there was a boy called Luke and I was oh, telling him to look quite, at his book.
0: Yes, now that you say that. But in yeah, fairness, it's the same un- from Luke my until anyway, about Luke, Go on Luke, until about, I'd say six months ago, maybe. Say so, he used to call himself Ute, like because he, he couldn't <laughs> say his L's or his K's. I was like, what an unfortunate <laughs> child. We've called Ute. you Luke. You have no K's and Ute, like you know, in Australia they have those them. Um, you're like, yeah. a parent, like a pickup, a ute. And I used to be a big Fallen yeah. way fan. And I'd be like, oh, lads, he's a ute. <laughs> we have a ute.
1: <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, winter calls fox Fox. Yeah, well, and occasionally gets the vowel mixed up so it's quite an unfortunate name
0: is it though or is it just uh, a little anyway. bit hilarious <laughs> <laughs> like, you
1: know. yeah we find it funny well, but we can't react to Jonah because Jonah will be like oh this is funny let's work out why it's another wife. one of those anyway. many things
0: you have to laugh about in a cupboard go on
1: yeah, exactly so tell me about your experience with your eldest and how you dealt with it as a parent dealing with it as opposed to a specialist
0: I suppose I did what any person in my situation would do, and I just blamed it all on my husband. <laughs> no joking. It's all your fault. <laughs> um, Funnily, though, interesting because, yeah, it's hard. I was actually discussing it. I had um, a therapy session this evening, and I was chatting to the girl, and I was saying, it is hard because I obviously have a lot of information about all of this, and it's my bread and butter, and it's how my brain works, and I know kind of the strategies to put in place, and... You know, around following the child's lead and getting face to face. And that is all very much second nature to me because that's what I do professionally. And then you just have this expectation that everybody, like my mother and like Michael, were just meant to know this. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I like, don't know this because you just kind of forget. Mm. So, yeah, I think it, to be honest, because of the kind of prognostic indicators and stuff, I wasn't massively worried about Luke. I, I did decide to get a hearing. A, I wasn't massively worried sorry because I knew that he was going to be grand yeah. um in the sense that his understanding was very good and you know he from what like if I I often kind of stood back and said objectively if this if you were Emma if you were to come to my clinic and I was to look, I'd be like you'd be grand <laughs> I'll see you in mm. six months you'd be laughing at and he did like <laughs> the kind of like two years seven months before he was combined two years eight months before he was like putting two words together um and he was doing a lot of uh, uh, that kind of thing when we watch videos back now it's like shocking I did have his hearing assessed um I had a private audiology audiology or audiologist sorry um assess his hearing and she told me that he had the best hearing that she had ever seen in a (laughs) child oh wow cheers mate thanks (laughs) Plan we yeah. worked out for that and then a week later he decided to start talking i was like
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah typical
0: this is parenthood so uh mm-hmm. yeah and then he just literally one day woke up and was like started using words and then a week later started putting them together and oh wow yeah and it just kind of came together for him that's what i said but i i did kind of know that whereas i could see a presentation of a different child and be worried from my experience in work but i wasn't worried because i had seen many kids yeah. similar
1: no okay, people yeah. the same,
0: but, you know, you get a feel for things.
1: Yeah, I mean, with, uh, with Winter, I think what happened was he started speaking or making words when he was a year, 18 months, yeah. and then he just stopped. Yeah. And um, he became very introverted, but he was more than happy. You know, yeah. he was a happy boy. Playing by himself, didn't need to communicate because well because he he would get things himself so like in instead of asking for a drink he would get a glass and he would get the squash and thrust them upon me so he could get his point across exactly
0: like a Um, great communicator
1: the tipping point of when I felt that I needed to intervene was when it was affecting him he was getting frustrated when he started preschool um so like a few weeks ago uh, he was in circle time at school and the teacher wrote the number nine on the board um, reflecting how many children at were all. in the circle however there were 11 and winter is very good at counting and he'd counted 11 in his head and he saw the number nine on the board and he couldn't tell that her it was the wrong number that it was the wrong number and he was being observed by someone um and yeah he was getting so frustrated he just couldn't say it but because he was coming across as quite aggressive he got in trouble for you know yeah. misbehaving and that's when it becomes a problem because you know it's not um it's not something that he should be getting in trouble for no. it's not something he can help and also he was right yeah.
0: There, that was but, the wrong uh, number and you know what it's when that social emotional piece <laughs> comes into it um that yeah I know that's the other side and we often do look at that um in terms of what's it's called DLD now but developmental language disorder and like that social emotional piece didn't yeah. always get the regard that it should have because that's really what starts to impact on kids is you know when they start to have feelings about it or does start to impact on their social relationships or, you know, and it can be, that's the really, really hard, um, I suppose, part of it and of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, winter will be for, uh, a month today. Um, so he, I mean, he is definitely improving. We did have a hearing test done and it came back fine. So we know that he can hear, um, and we also know that he can communicate, um but it's just he's just been very reluctant you know like you'll try and get him to we we've taken some advice from the the what's she called speech language
0: therapist
1: therapist. um and so she would say like play (laughs) she would say like play on the floor with with cars and if he says car then you say red car you know you try to improve his vocabulary but he just smiles at you like I know what you're trying to do and I'm not playing (laughs) and like but like I'm not worried like like you you know I I think he's gonna well I know he's gonna turn out fine it's just he's taking a bit longer than you know normal but I just think he's quite a unique child anyway in terms of everything that he does I mean I can barely get him to put on any clothes so you know Conversation is the least. <laughs> ways <of> the way.
0: <laughs> and that did like what <laughs> what she is chatting about, and I do so much of that with parents around kind of strategy based things, around you know follow their lead and you know the one plus rule kind of there like add language so if they're using one word that you add one one word onto it, um
1: yeah.
0: or yeah, or kind of getting face to face people like oh yeah, but like that's actually an incredibly powerful. <laughs> Uh, strategy. If you're trying to do that, and you will have kids, you know it's the whole thing as well of kind of trying to ask less questions and make more comments. So instead of constantly asking, "Oh, what's that?" or "Where's the dog?" just just say it. Say like be the narrator. Do the running commentary in life. If they're playing, talk about what they're doing. I always say, if they had the words and they could talk about what they're doing, what would they be saying? Because that's what you need to be saying, so that they're getting that running commentary to match what they're doing. And sometimes it is a case that you kind of have to nearly intrude and kind of just get down there and do that and they're kind of looking at you going all right mate like I know what you're at but that's okay you're there <laughs> and you're you're giving them the language that's matching and corresponding to what they're doing and in one way yeah. it's it's sharing that with them and you're adding language but it's not about flashcards and books and teaching and pointing like that is not what language language you know language can be facilitated through play in a very fun and engaging way that doesn't have to feel like work and i suppose that's just the message you want for people to take away that like i think sometimes people have this very traditional view of what speech and language therapy is and that you're going to go and you're going to sit down at a table and i'm going to have flashcards and i'm going to drill <laughs> words into kiss head that is not right it yeah. really isn't it's more around for me it's around and even you know like that's kind of a lot about what I talk about on Instagram and stuff but also professionally like it's about empowering parents and getting their mindset into okay well literally the greatest toy that any kid is going to have is their parent because they are the number one source of fun and entertainment and anything else to that is just secondary and it's what you can you have all of this amazing information and you just need to you know, slowly and like you said, for different kids it happens at different stages, but you're just slowly sharing that information with them and kids are gonna pick it up at different times and different stages and they're gonna pick it up in different ways and that's kind of what the whole thing, I suppose, for me is about. It's about how to get parents like excited about doing those kind of things with their kids that are going to have meaningful interactions that are going to actually support language it's not about about (laughs)
1: flashcards yeah no that is so interesting and I think a lot of people will um like to hear you speaking about this because um Mm. it it is something that it matters to us as parents I mean you always hear people say oh well you know when they're 18 you won't remember how old they were when they blah 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 but at the time it's your world like it's everything it is everything
0: everything. and you, you know sorry like communication is the is everything <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean and communication is literally everything um, without it what are we even doing what are we even doing but exactly. well, you know like you you say that when you're 18 you look back but yes and I will even remember that and as not worried as I was about Luke like at the time you know it was everything like it's simple things like being at the Q and Aldi at this time of year and your child not being able to communicate and the person at the cashier going and what are you getting for Christmas and your child has been yeah. like that you know, and just <laughs> trying to like also I don't know was that know, a sheep like, was that know, getting, but Luke is really big for his age so when Luke was two and a half he looked about five and I was like <laughs> oh he's getting whatever and you're yeah. apologizing because your child can't communicate but yeah but at the same time I'm like why am I doing that why am I like apologizing that my child is developing at a different stage or that you know for any parent like you you shouldn't feel the need to apologize but you instinctively I don't know I just I used to be like oh sorry (laughs) oh sorry he can't talk but like or sorry he just can't tell you what he's getting for Christmas but it's a mad thing but we do we do that I don't know why we do that
1: yeah you're so right i do that all the time i dread it when people talk to winter and assume that he can have a full-blown conversation you have to provide an explanation like our, yeah. yeah exactly i mean even when we're with our close friends um that we meet up with um a few times a year they've got a girl who's a year younger than winter like pretty much a full year younger and she is you know trying to have a conversation yeah. with him and he's like yeah Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's the the universal term for elective mute. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to have to apologize for him because he is, I mean, you know, Albert Einstein didn't speak till he was four. That's what I keep saying to Winter. It's okay, you're going to be a little genius. Don't worry. But um, yeah, um, if, yeah. So if uh, you could say to parents listening now uh what should they look out for not necessarily focusing on negatives but like is there anything that they should look out for that would make the would be calls for concern yeah. or things that they could be doing to encourage <laughs> the, speech uh, yeah, from an there's early so age
0: much you can do to encourage um you know communication and language and um from a very early age I just come follow my account because I just chat about it all, all day long I just yes, you know, I, I don't is... mean that no but like that is genuinely kind of what I'm passionate no, about no that's true um,
1: it's not something that you could just say in a sound oh boat. no
0: I'm not going to be able to give you like you know a 30 second overview of how does one support uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've made a career out of this no but I, yeah there is um, yeah. there are so many things that we can do to support kids and you know I talk about it and books and all of those kind of things are wonderful and play but also just around getting ideas for playtime and how you can add um you know how you can add language and interaction into play because there is a lot you can do with that that you don't even know i always say like if you know that they're the right things to be doing then oh cool i'll do more of that i'm probably doing it anyway but i could do it a little bit more if i knew that's what i was supposed to be doing um yeah so i think that's the case for <laughs> parenthood in general but um yeah i think mean, there's <laughs> doing a bit more of that yeah probably yeah, do a bit more <laughs> of that but there are things that you know you see red flags sometimes and you know people are often come to me and I'm the first port of call and they're concerned that their child was talking and now very much are not talking and have very poor eye contact and they're worried about like potentially you know their child being on the autistic spectrum and a lot of the time I am the first port of call that's who you know that's where you come first you come from speech and language therapist and then you know you have to go about having an assessment or whatever but yeah there are things that you will see you know all the things around like autism that's one side of things but then for language like I said you just would want kids to be using kind of the 50 plus words around the two-year mark and starting to combine words and if they're not yes you probably do need to go and have a chat with your local speech and language therapist or look into a referral a problem in Ireland I don't know what the story is in different parts of the UK is we have very long waiting lists and people panic and they have to be referred quite young and by the time they get to be referred then they're waiting quite a while so it can be a tricky one to navigate yeah so
1: it is I think with winter he got referred and it was like um the school pushed for it Mm. because it was preschool but it was something like uh maybe uh, 42 weeks or something it was which actually no. isn't that long but it seems long because people said it yeah. in weeks but um uh yeah i think when they pass preschool age everything becomes bit, uh, far yeah. longer winter has just arrived which is not good because it should be time to sleep hello. he fell asleep at five o'clock though, so yeah can you say hi emma
0: Hi, Emma. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, say top of the morning to you. Don't say that, Winter. Don't say that. <laughs> I beg of you, please. Don't say it.
1: <laughs> We're not going to talk about child way today. We're going to have to do that in another episode, Emma.
0: I'll come back. I'm like a yeah, we'd
1: love it if you came back and yeah. shared with us about uh, things that you do at home Learning through, learning through play yeah because you do some fab things yeah um,
0: i do a lot of play based off on my stories on life with tiny humans but i also have a second account uh that is a lot of my ideas just with a speech and language slant so if speech and language is your buzz then therapy with tiny humans is my yeah is my other account that's more on. yeah um yeah i would highly
1: recommend following this lady because she is fab and she's always chatting on stories. So if you're ever feeling lonely, you're almost guaranteed to have, have a... A natter. A, a chat. A natter.
0: A natter, yes. A, a, a natter. A natter. A natter. A natter. Right, we're going to go and have a hot chocolate, I think.
1: I think I'll go and have a hot
0: chocolate too. No. Hashtag influenced. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it well thank you very much for joining us emma we are gonna have to uh, see you again not that you know i'm i'm very happy about that obviously um
0: as am i karen as am I. <laughs> okay. I will chill out me i've got i've got a podcast to do come
1: on chris come on <laughs> anyway uh thank you very much emma it was a pleasure Pleasure's all mine. And join us next Tuesday. Unfortunately, we release the podcast on a Tuesday, so every time I have to say, see you next Tuesday. (laughs) And if you've enjoyed this episode of The Crash Test Mummies, then please rate us and subscribe. Leave us a little review on iTunes if you fancy, because we would love to hear what you think of what we're doing thanks emma again if you want to follow emma she is at life with tiny humans i'm karen at our tiny diaries alexi is at raise kind and you can also follow us on the underscore crash test underscore mummies see you next tuesday